You're listening to Coding Blocks, episode 34. Subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, and more using your favorite podcast app. Visit us at codingblocks.net where you can find show notes, examples, discussion, and more. And send your feedback, questions, and rants to comments at codingblocks.net. Follow us on Twitter at codingblocks or head to www.codingblocks.net and find all our social links there at the top of the page. With that, welcome to Coding Blocks. I'm Alan Underwood. I'm Joe Zach. And I'm Michael Outlaw. This episode is sponsored by Infragistics. Design before you build with Indigo Studio, share and collaborate on designs with indigodesign.com, and build high-performance, enterprise-ready desktop and web line-of-business apps and mobile apps in the platform of your choice. WPF, Windows Forms, ASP.NET, HTML5, and JavaScript, iOS, Android, or Xamarin. So uh, head on over to infragistics.com to view sample apps and see these tools in action and get started with your free trial. All right, and so with that, let's get into our favorite section of the show, the podcast news. So with that in mind, I actually made a mistake last episode, and surprisingly, none of you guys called me out on it. I was actually uh, like, dodged a bullet there. So Uh, (laughs) I don't know what it is. Is that the OSX thing? What? No. No, bar car n- no one no one would say osx that's they're wrong it's os10 and of course it's var char var car team char baby all right um no in the last episode i had mentioned that we started recording in 2012 yeah it was 2013 it was 2013 october right october of 2013 uh, was our I think first it was september episode. something like that whatever yep now, now, see, now you're trying to prove me wrong again by like October to September. I believe it was October. Uh, I'm never going to believe another thing you say. That's right. Dang. Tough crowd. But at any rate, yeah. So uh, it was actually 2013. So should anyone feel the need to call us out on that? Hey, we beat you to it. And, and it in was, that time, we've gotten a lot of fantastic reviews, uh, including some recent ones from, uh, it's Juggernaut, but there's some sixes in there. Uh, Javid Dill, 101. And another one from Panu O that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, so he he kind of he gave us a two star review, which I mean, fair enough. Everybody Ouch. has their own opinions. It did hurt. I'm not gonna lie; like it kept us up at night a little bit. Um, but he said that like this basically this section right here is his least favorite part of the show, and he said that we spend a third of the show, you know, talking about the news, and you know sometimes it does run a little bit long, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but you know. It just I, we kind of wanted to address it because this is a part that we kind of do our water cooler talks. This is the free form. Yeah, this is free form. This is kind of the fun. This is where stuff. I get to say silly stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I get it. You know, sometimes some people just want to listen to nothing but the deep dives, and and I totally understand that. I mean, as a listener of podcasts, I get it too. Like, there's some I shows where break up the monotony there. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, some shows are literally you know nothing but chitter, it, 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 like chat. And, you know, we try to minimize that I as mean, much as possible. we could talk about, like, you know, movies we've seen or TV. Like, have you seen any good movies lately? <laughs> the Martian. Oh, yeah? Did you like it? Did you cry? Uh, I didn't watch it. Oh. But, you know, I, I guess just to address that, I mean, yeah, you know, we, we appreciate what you're saying. And, you know, we try to minimize it. Like I said, you know, we, we try not to let it run too long. But Well, the we, main point being is, like, it didn't go unnoticed. Yeah, we appreciate the feedback. I mean, it did hurt. It, it was it stung a little bit, but you know, you took the time to actually I, write us and tell us what you what you were thinking. And I may, yeah. I may have cried. 
<laughs> yeah. I think we're all we're all keeping our eye on the clock now. Yeah. 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 So uh, talk faster. I, I think we're in like a minute, so we're done. All right. So uh, moving on. No. Uh, well, backtracking for a moment. It was September. September third. Yeah, that was our first release. That was the first recorded episode. That was the first release. We oh, I'm sorry. First, in October. first release. Yeah. What? Wait. We, what? Re- we, we recorded in October, but we released in September, right? Because uh, we had what, to edit it. What kind of calendar do you work on? Hey, man, I, I won. So, uh, <laughs> wait, what? I, I was correct. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Your calendar is weird. <laughs> uh, we we released in September, but recorded in October. Oh wow, no, that's totally wrong, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I'm like, wait, what? Uh, yeah, see, I that's have this not even a Mayan calendar. Yeah, I have this time machine. All right, anyways, <laughs> all right. I guess next episode you'll get to talk about how you messed up with the calendar. Yeah, apparently. All right, so uh, let's have a little bit of fun with this one, okay? So maybe maybe this will make up for uh, anything else that you've already heard so far that you're upset about. Uh. So we've done a giveaway before, and so we thought, hey, why not? So I joked about us being lazy and not uh, getting any business cards last time. So this time we have business cards to give away. Yeah, oh, not wait. So much. No, no, we don't. <laughs> Close. We didn't take our own advice. But uh, we are looking to get some uh, shirts made up. And uh, so one of the things that I did was I uh, found some place that you know, does some shirt printing and had a couple of samples printed up to see like what we thought. And, uh, you know, they weren't like, I probably won't go back to that company necessarily. So I won't mention them by name, but, um, you know, I thought, Hey, we could give away these shirts. So, um, you know, full disclosure, these are man size. So, you know, if you don't want to be swallowed up by a double X shirt, then these might not be the shirts for you. <laughs> um but the uh they are Hanes shirts, t shirts, you know, and they have the new logo on it. And uh, you know, on one side it has the logo and then on the other side it has uh you know the ww.codenblocks.net on the back. And one is a blue color, one's a uh supposed to be a gray color. Neither color shirt was exactly what I thought, but we're gonna have a picture of the shirts on the site so you can see what we're talking about. And similar to how we did the contest for Joe's um, design pattern book giveaway, it's going to be similar to that. So what you're going to need to do is go to the show notes for this episode, which will be codingblocks.net slash episode 34, and leave a comment to enter yourself into the, uh, the drawing. And like last time, this will be a random drawing that we will uh, post the results to our Vine. And uh, winner will be randomly selected. Same as last time. And what else am I leaving out here, guys? Uh, the poetry th- is encouraged. Yeah. It's, what'd you oh, say? oh yes, poetry. poetry is encouraged. We did get some wonderful haikus last time. Yeah, they were fun. And I will say, too, this these are Hanes Beefy T-shirts. So if you like them thick, th- this is a good T-shirt. And, and I don't think I mentioned this to you, like, uh, we have, you know, it worn these, uh, I think one of them has been worn twice, the other one's been worn once, you know, and we were, you know, seeing what we thought of and everything, so, again, full disclosure, um, but they will be clean by the time you get them, uh, they are, well, they already are clean, but, um, yeah, so no fear there. They'll be washed again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, so no no foul odors, and these will be collector's items, right? <laughs> no, yeah, because these hit are big, rare. This is going to be immensely valuable. These are like B sides. Yeah, I am absolutely not signing it because I'm not trying to get somebody stealing my identity <laughs> or anything. But you know, hey, you really think that your signature, your pen and paper signature, matter matters? No, Have you no. seen like some of the signatures that pass? On like a point of sale. Well, that's kind of what mine looks like anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, so I'm show, looking forward to reading some of the uh, uh, comments that we get back this time. Yep. Yeah, And if the news is too long, then, uh, you know, burn it and take a picture of it. Uh, send it back to us. <laughs> wow. Wow. That kind of hurt. Hey, and here's another idea too, though, because even if you think, well, you know, I unfortunately am not uh, man size at XXL. But uh, maybe you know someone who is and that is a fan of the show or could be become a fan of the show. And they like know? to wear a tent. You know, it's... Wear you know, what? A tent. This is <laughs> not like... Wow, man. No, it's really not that big. I mean, it's it's a double X, so... <laughs> really not that big. Everyone in Europe is like, oh my God, it's gigantic. <laughs> it's more than a medium? <laughs> uh, yes, this is America-sized. So, I guess now we need to talk about what we're actually going to talk about today, huh? What are we going to talk about? Today, it's probably something boring. Today is going to be toys. Toys that we want. Because it's coming up on that time of the season, right? Like we yeah. had, We had a ton of fun doing this last time. And there's nothing better than talking about all the gadgets you want and you may or may not get. So, um, Yeah, so this is the Toys for Developers show. Yeah. Not quite as popular as that other uh, you know, not-for-profit organization that gives away toys this one is not nearly as popular but every bit as desirable yeah and just so you know this this is going to be link heavy in the show notes like you know we link to everything whether it be on amazon or whatever site that these things may show up on so you know go up and click around if you do find something you like please if you do decide to buy um you know definitely click our links it'll help us out i mean it, we're not going to make much off of it, but you know it'll help get the t-shirts. Help us buy shirts. Yeah, yeah. buy <laughs> shirts or whatever else that we might do for a giveaway, whether it's more books in the future or something. But you know we're going to do something fun with it. And and I want to go ahead and throw this out there too at the beginning. Um, Alan already referenced that we've done a show like this once before, so there are going to be references to that episode, and that is episode eight. So codingblocks.net slash episode eight, and you can find uh, you know all the fun stuff that we talked about then. All right, so let's get into it. Let's start off with mice, critters, Mises. Yeah. Yep. So, so I just got a new one actually, and uh, I've been using it for about a week now. It's the Evoluent uh, Vertical Mouse. I've been having some really bad carpal tunnel problems, which we we should do an episode just on ergonomics and uh, problems with getting old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that might go on a long time. I have time. lots of those problems because we're all young here. Yeah. But uh, I've, I've what kind of mice are you little whippersnappers using? <laughs> and uh, the thing about it is that when you use it, it's almost like you're shaking someone's hand all day, which is actually quite comfortable, I think. So uh, I'm a big fan of it. But um, I, I have had a problem with like really fine grain stuff. Like I was doing something in paint, and I was trying to like get the pixels perfect, you know. And I just I had to grab my other mouse. I just couldn't deal with it trying it, to do that kind of precise action. Does oh. it have a support to like you know a placeholder for your dentures? so uh, i'm looking at this thing so the curious thing about this one is it's got three buttons on the vertical no four buttons on the vertical with a scroll wheel so that's kind of nice you you really gotta like for those trying to picture this thing like take your current mouse and just like tip it on its side 
Yeah, that's pretty much it, except it's got like a solid base to it. And it looks and it's like, way bigger. Yeah, they are large. So tell me this, Joe, because so, one of the ones that I put in here for my pick. You might as well go ahead and mention it. Yeah, is the anchor vertical ergonomic. So it's funny because I looked at this one that he's talking about, the the Evoluent, and it's about a, it's a little over 100 bucks. And the anchor, I think, is like 20 something. And when I was first looking at mice, these were the two that I was looking at. And really, I ended up going with the Anchor because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this thing or not. They're both like, I, I th- this style, maybe I'm making this up, but I thought that there was somewhere where this style mouse was referred to as a shark fin. I've heard that before. Mm. And it kind of looks like it. The Anchor looks very much like a shark fin. And, and for those not familiar with that brand, Anchor is not like... Spelled like the boat anchor, but A N K E R. Yeah, they make all kinds of gadgets, and and pretty honestly, like they're fairly decent quality gadgets. So here's the interesting thing. Okay, so I I also changed uh, the mouse that I was using too a while back, and and I switched over to the Logitech M570, and that's a trackball mouse. You know, it's the one of the you know the more traditional kind where you use your thumb to uh, roll the the trackball. Logitech makes another one where the trackball is in the center where you use your center fingers to do it. But um, what I find interesting, though, is that, like, we all talked about mice last time and none of us have a repeat (laughs) of our mouse from last time. Like, you know, Joe and I, I think we're just drooling over the Mad Cats and I, oh, my God, I still love that mouse. But as much as I would like to have it, it's just it's expensive. and, And, you know, there's other gaming mice out there, too, that are similar or that aren't as expensive and so yeah yeah i will mention all the ones that we just did say these are all wireless so they're not gaming mice by any stretch of the imagination these are these are use daily use type mice and you know i I gotta ask you joe because you bought one of these vertical monstrosities did you find that the first few days like every time you went to move your hand that and it wasn't on the mouse you knocked this thing over uh, it wasn't that bad. It was just fatiguing to try and use it for, you know, clicking on menus and stuff. It, it was frustrating. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I've grown accustomed to mine. I really like it because it's, it's like you said, your arms are just in a natural position. You know, your thumbs are up in the air and it's just, it's pretty comfortable, but it does take some getting used to. All right. You so know what though? Um, normal mouses feel small though. They really like do. Now I can't go back. Yeah. Yeah, these things spread your hands out. Like they're they're they have a nice feel to them. It, it's weird, but you gotta you gotta try it to know. Oh, and I did want to throw out there um, that so I was having some really bad pains. It was waking me up at night. It was really bad, and I changed a bunch of things. But uh, it's it's been a lot better since then. So I don't know if it was necessarily the mouse or like the uh, you know other posture related type stuff that I did. But uh, I am definitely feeling better. So woo, very cool. So what about the uh, the new Magic Mouse 2 that Apple just released? No excitement there? I haven't nope. seen this thing, Mouse 2. I was never all that crazy about the original Magic Mouse. So really? I like the trackpad. I really like the trackpad. Well, there's a second version of that too. Really? Yeah. What's the big deal like the what's the big deal with these? Uh I think one of the well, there's a couple of differences. Uh one of them is the one that I hate I like the least is the rechargeable battery. Okay. Um, it, it's not a replaceable battery like it was. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's no good. It uses a a, um, a lightning cable to charge it. Ooh, dude, that trackpad too is one hundred thirty bucks. Yeah, and I think I think the big deal there for that one is that it has the um, 
force touch or whatever yeah, they're calling that now. That's what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The force touch is cool, and I've used it, and it's a nifty thing. But like, uh, well, so here's here's the problem with well, you know one of my problems with that new mouse, uh, the Magic Mouse Two, is that where the um, connector is because like if you look at the shape of this mouse right there's nowhere to plug this in and still be able to use it right so the the charging dock for it is on the bottom yeah. oh so you can't use that magic mouse too while it's being charged no no now no. the keyboard and the and the trackpad you know don't don't suffer that but yeah that, that was unfortunate design decision yeah it's funny like i don't know how long this thing's been out but it's only got a three star rating which is pretty low for an apple product uh, it hasn't yep. been out long at all yeah that's that's really low for an apple wow. product yeah. so yeah no no excitement there yeah uh, but it was on last excited. year's and that's why i brought it up right right uh there's one uh, i was actually just clicking on around amazon before we started recording and i, I saw a mouse that i hadn't seen before and it was $150, which, you know, excites me because I like expensive things. Uh, <laughs> and I look at the picture, and I'm like, wow, this looks kind of like the one I've got. Like, how did I not see this when I was researching? And, you know, I look cool, and I'm clicking through the pictures, and I get to the fourth one. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this thing's like the size of a quarter. I mean, it's just ridiculously Wait, small. This would kill my hand to use it. you got to look at the picture. It's called we'll the Swift the Point GT. Yeah, Swift oh. Point GT. It looks, yeah. It, it almost oh my looks, god! It looks this, like this a mouse, thick eraser, right? Th- this is a yeah. mouse that is literally like you know. T- look at your thumb and where that first knuckle is on your thumb. This mouse is that size, where like that portion of your thumb, that first half of your thumb, is going to cover the entire mouse. But dude, it's got good reviews overall. That's I know. <laughs> I would bet that the people that really like this probably travel. Oh, that would because be this perfect. would be perfect for traveling. Oh, but people who don't like it, not good for Mac. Hmm. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah. I I can't imagine using this. You know, if, so if you've got a good experience with this, you know, let me know. But like, this looks like a nightmare to use for me. Yeah, I couldn't do it. It doesn't really look very ergonomic. So your old man hands, and there's definitely no space <laughs> for your dentures on that. It's yeah, way no, too. It, it's like holding a quarter. That's what it looks like to me. It's like well, they refer to it as like it's the same grip as holding a pen. And they actually like in the picture there, in that fourth picture that you mentioned, they they contrast that you know, there's a picture of holding a pen versus using this mouse and and it's the same exact hand position. Yeah, the reviews are great. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Add the cart. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna try it out. Huh? All right. So so Alan's favorite, uh, or one of his favorites in this group, the keyboards. Yeah, I feel like they're in the wrong order at this point in time, though. What? Yeah, it's because I, I pasted these links, and so I did it in a funky order. I'm looking at split keyboards now, and so I put the splits at the top. So I, the um, we've talked about the Kinesis, not the freestyle here, what we talked about before. It was, the, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I don't know the name. It's, I'm going to look it up right now. It's, it's it was the like advantage. $260. Yeah. yeah. And it's just crazy, and it looks crazy, but I, I can't do that. But the Kinesis does have another one that's around 90 bucks, the Freestyle 2, that I think looks really cool. And you can kind of set the pitch and, and split. So for wider people like me, you know, man-sized, right, <laughs> uh, I think that might be a little bit more comfortable. I mean, for so just to describe this thing, what this thing looks like, like take a traditional, you know, IBM-compatible 104 keyboard, right, and literally just cut it in half right in the middle and have two 
distinct pieces of them, but with a wire connecting them. That's what this thing looks like. Now, yep. I've actually put my hands on one before, Joe. Um, one of the yep. ladies I used to work with had one set up, and she had the tent on it so that her hands were at an angle. And it was interesting. I mean, I'm a, more of a fan of the ergonomics, you know, the way the keys flow. Um, this mm-hmm. is not that. This is literally your standard, you know, IBM keyboard just split in half. But it does have a nice feel to it, especially when you tent it. Yeah, so I got to say, I was looking at ergonomic keyboards, and I read a lot of reviews, and so many of them said, this would be great if I wasn't a programmer, because they do weird stuff like move keys, the function keys, and stuff out of the right. way, and those are things that, like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, what's the, muggles, <laughs> muggles don't use those keys, but uh, we programmers, you know, I need like those functions, keys. I need that delete key, yeah. F5, F8. Yep. I mean, this thing's got a strong uh, review on iTunes, uh, not iTunes, on uh, Amazon. Yeah, it's got yep. a really strong review. So that, the uh, Kinesis Freestyle 2, and the um, there's two actually Gold Touch split models uh, that both um, were highly rated by programmers. So those were the, the three I was looking at. I really can't tell the difference between the two Gold Touches, so I just think of them as the Gold Touch splits. Yeah, I mean this one again is is similar to the other one where it's a, you know, your same keyboard split in half except the two pieces are a little bit more connected. The other one there on the Kinesis one it was literally just a wire that held them to you know that uh, a a very bendable, you know, flexible wire that uh, connected them. Whereas this one looks like it's got a little bit more of a joint connecting them. I think it, you know what I don't even know that we have a link in here, but it made me it made me remember. There's one, so this might be something you look into, Joe, because this is something that uh, programmers really like. It's called the Ergodox, E R G O D O X, and it's also a split keyboard, but it has keys down where your thumbs can go as well. So that once you get used to it, it's not just a space bar that your thumb is delegated to. You can do like different things. Um, yeah, if you if you search for Ergodox, D-O-X, oh. yeah, those are kind of nice. And here's what I'll tell you, too. If you are somewhat interested in that, you should check out MassDrop because they'll occasionally have them on there for, like, pretty decent discounts. So, um, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that one in there while I was thinking about it. Seeing so that's kind of Is this keyboard. the one that started out as an Indiegogo? Yes, I believe so. And it has gotten all kinds of people backing it, like people create them. And this one's kind of cool because a lot of times what you'll see is people will do like clear casings. And then you can put any kind of switches you want on there because some people are into the cherry switches and that kind of stuff. And so you can actually change out the type of switches that go behind the keys. So this is this is something that a lot of people love. This is cool, and if you look at the Indiegogo pictures of it, some of the some of the prototypes I have here, they you can see that they three D printed the uh, tray for the key that you know that all the components would sit in, you know the physical bulk of the keyboard, right? You can actually tell that it was three D printed. It's it's a pretty neat little setup, and. Apparently, you just get software, and you can map the keys to be whatever you want. Like, some people put blank keys on the thing, so you can't even see what they are. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Some people That's like... so hot. It, it's pretty cool, right? Like, you can even get backlit LED keys if you wanted. Like, you can go crazy with this thing. Man, I don't see how you can get your thumb to do some of these buttons, though, because, like, on each side, there's six different buttons that your thumb could use. It's like the Kinesis, so the advantage that you were talking about, if you look at that, that has got that concave... There's a bunch of buttons at your at your thumbs, and everybody I've ever talked to that has worked on that says that 
Yeah, it takes some getting used to, but after you do... But I get that, though, because that's like putting your hand in a bowl. Right, and so so your hands are sitting up on it. But this one, one, though, it's like some of these buttons your thumb would have to reach for, or at least it seems like it would have to reach for. You'll be able to play guitar better after playing on this thing. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, at any rate, yeah, that, I just wanted to throw that one out there. That's that's a pretty cool one. Oh, and then we did mention the Kinesis Advantage right here. Now, the one that I have that I absolutely love, it's my favorite keyboard that I've, I've ever bought. And I've, I've seen bought, him travel with this thing. I, I've, yes, <laughs> I actually bring this thing with me because I love this keyboard. It's the Microsoft Sculpt. And I think I even mentioned it the last time we had this episode. And... I was so frustrated. I wanted to put my hands on this thing because I've bought enough keyboards that you didn't that that you don't get a chance to put your hands on and you get it home and you're like, "Yeah, it's okay, but you know, man, I finally found one of these things. I think it was at a at a micro center and they had the box sitting out and I broke that baby open and it was done. Like I I love this keyboard. But now, correct me if I'm wrong. Full disclosure here, right? Yep. Isn't this the one that has the small function keys? I hate the function keys on this keyboard. Okay. I, so here's the thing, and this. All right. So this, here we go back to Muggle keyboards. This right? is, like this, this is, is this is this is a Muggle keyboard. This is full disclosure. So there's a couple <laughs> things about this keyboard that drive me absolutely crazy, and that is one the function keys. So everything else has a nice travel. It's like a chiclet style, like a MacBook Pro. It, it's almost identical feel to that. The function keys are not. They're just like, they, they're a really cheap feeling clunky push, which is bizarre. And then the other thing too is, is they redid the, like the page up, page down, insert key, uh, that whole conglomerate <laughs> of keys over on the right so that they could make it, you know, a certain size. And I'm not going to lie. It took me a while to get used to it. And I'm still not a fan of it, but the thing is, I love the key feel and the way that my hands lay on that keyboard so much that I'll deal with the deficiencies. It's like, as an industry, we all agree on where what the numbers and letters in the space bar, like what their position should be. Anything else it's is free game. game. Like, yeah, it's know, frustrating. Let's try it. So, so, and what I mean by that is like, you know, because the keyboard I use, it has like an odd grouping yep. for the function keys. They're not like your standard group of four minor groups of three yeah it's really not cool and you know what's frustrating about this particular keyboard like you said with the function keys dude it wouldn't have been that difficult for microsoft say okay let's throw these same switches up here at the top who cares that it's going to be an extra half inch taller just do it like seriously if they had done that people would probably be like toss all your other keyboards like this thing this is it so i i don't know i even with its deficiencies, I still love the Microsoft Sculpt ergonomic. Yeah, I'm still I'm still a fan of my Logitech uh, keyboard, which we mentioned it last time too. But um, we have it listed in the last episode as an MK550. I thought it was an MK350, but we'll sort that out. Yep, it, it's called the Wave if you were to go and look for it. Yep, um, and yeah, I'm a fan of it. But but like I said, the only one gripe I have about it is that the function keys are not your standard grouping of four. But these are like, you know, proper sized function keys, not like your itty bitty little Lego size. Man, I'm not a fan of the Lego but, size. But this is like the best, you know, the one thing I like about this keyboard though, is it's almost like a combination of all of these concepts, right? Like it's it's on a curve, like, 
you know, the, the old natural keyboards were, right? You know, yep. like instead of being completely split, it's just on a curve. But yet at the same time, there's, uh, you know, it's not on a flat plane. So it's kind of like the kinesis advantage in that, you know, there's some curvature to it. You know, I, so I'm a fan of it. It's a, and it's also vary. an affordable keyboard. Um, yeah, it, it's I've typed on it. I like it. Um, I just the sculptor ergonomic is just where it's at for me. Yeah. All right, let's I, move on. But wait, you, you oh. have one more the Apple Magic keyboard. Yeah, I mean I threw that in there about the what about because again you know going back to um, you know what we talked about in episode eight right like you know we had made references to the. Um, magic mouse and the magic trackpad. And I thought, well, since this one did just come out, you know, I'd go ahead and mention it. But again, like I don't like, I, I'm not crazy about the not replace non-replaceable battery in it because if I'm going to have to charge it up, then I mean, I'm kind of okay with like a dock, which is one of the keyboards that we mentioned last time with the, um, I'm not sure how, how I'm supposed to pronounce this, but the Logitech Dynovo, mm. I guess, which, you know, has a dock and it looks really great. It's like this piano black, you know, dock that it sits in when you're not using it and it charges it up. But, uh, you know, this other one is going to run off of a Thunderbolt connection. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll turn out to be awesome. It does, you know, one of the, the, you know, notable features of it is it has the new, uh, what are the, what does Apple call it? The butterfly, the, yeah, the, the, the new butterfly, uh, mechanism for the for the key press so the keys are lower than you know even uh you know your, your standard chiclet keyboards they do feel good i mean apple makes a nice feeling key click but i don't know that thing looks weird and again it's not ergo so i'm not into it but um i mean it's like um yeah it, it does have it does look like it has a little bit more uh, oomph to it than, than the previous one. Cause the previous wireless keyboard, you know, it had that barrel and that's where the batteries went. And then, you know, there was a little bit of a gap there. Right. But it was sitting on somewhat of an incline and it. And it was like a, it's not like one of these keyboards where you could like lift the legs open, right? Like that one was just stay in place. And this one looks like that too, except now it's just like one solid piece that's on this incline. Yep. But yep. None of us have touched it yet. So who knows? Yeah. You know, one thing about Macs that are kind of funny is that when I'm on my laptop, like I can use the Mac shortcuts, no problem. But if I try to use like a Windows style keyboard and I can never remember to use the, you know, the wrong button for my short keyboard shortcuts. <laughs> the you wrong know, button? Yeah. Because you know, you can flip those in the settings though, right? Yeah. It's just a pain. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So I think, uh, I think we're on, we're, we're due for some, some age old, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, why don't you so, go ahead and introduce this one? Well, you see here. <laughs> uh, so I actually I've added a new section called wrist guards, and uh, I know Have you been a lot of soccer or football or something. <laughs> you uh, you will know someday. I actually I know a ton of programmers. Uh, it's kind of like a little secret that that wear gloves, especially at night, because uh, you know when you're you get uh, really bad like RSI or carpal tunnel syndromes, it, it'll wake you up at night, which is terrible. So a lot of people will um, wear it at night, and a lot of people actually wear them during the day, too, when they're typing. It's basically a, a glove that uh, keeps your wrist from kind of bending, and it enforces like, good it, hand posture. Does it have sequins on it, this glove? Um, no, but it kind of smells funny. 
<laughs> it wow. didn't at first. I don't know. You know, after a couple of months of wow. wearing it, it just <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a little salty. You should probably wash that thing. I'm just oh. saying. <laughs> uh, my wife washes them for me sometimes. Uh, I don't know how she knows when it's time, but <laughs> wow. So, so there, you have two of these guys listed here. Yeah, I wanted to mention too. Um, the the ones I sleep with are a little bit different. Uh, I recently just discovered these guys. Um, the uh, the IMAX Smart Glove. Uh, this was a recommendation from my buddy Kirk, and um, I really like this one. It feels nice and tight. It's got kind of like a little sandbag in the wrist, which is kind of cool. Um, but the thing is, it's a little too tight for me. So I like, you know, at first it's good, but after a while, I, I kind of feel like I'm suffocating. Your fingers start throbbing, lack of blood. They don't, not, not like that doesn't happen, but it just like, I don't know. I just get fatigued. So maybe I need to build up to it or maybe I just have fat hands. I don't know. <laughs> man, you, you got some serious, uh, carpal tunnel going on. Yeah, there, man. I, uh, I, I've had a lot of problems with it lately. It's terrible, man. When you wake up and you like, you want to like scream in the middle of the night, it's horrible. I mean, this was supposed to be a fun episode, but now I'm sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> Are you seeing anyone for this? Are you seeing any professionals? Are you taking anything for it? You have all new programmers listening to the podcast. I am your future. 100 pounds heavier. <laughs> goes to future present. Can't sleep through the night. You lost two inches because your your head's like stuck forward. Uh, uh, did you just say the ghost of future present? <laughs> Wouldn't that be... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that goes back to my whole September October thing, right? Right. Like Apparently. I got this. This is all working for me. All right. Yep. English. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. All right. So here, here is definitely a favorite section. All right. Let's get into the monitors. And I get to start this one because I started the trend with just about every person I know. <laughs> so I think we mentioned this back on the previous one, the LG thirty four inch ultra wide. I was drooling over this monitor for so long. We did, but I think that at that time, though, we were all kind of leaning more towards, like, the 4K route. Yeah, and so and we'll talk about that in a second because we have one of those on here, too. Dude, the, the LG, and there's multiple variations of this thing. I only put the one in that I bought, um, the 34UM95-P. I think Outlaw got one like the ninety four dash P or something that is actually. A, I think you wrote down mine, right? No, that's the one I got. So I, the thing is, there's a couple different ones that are basically the same thing. They come with different warranties. Ones for the consumer, ones for a business, and then there's also the curved one. And the thing is, these things have come down in price. Like now, for about seven hundred bucks, you can get one of these. And I'll go ahead and say, like some of my favorite things about this one. Or the amount of pixels, 3440 by 14, yeah, 3440 by 1440, which is absolutely killer, man. Like you can, you can open up Visual Studio and have three easily have three files side by side open in Visual Studio and be able to look at all of them at the same time. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it, it they are fantastic. Yeah, and I mean there were people that complained about like light bleed or stuff. Like if you look at some of the negative reviews on it, you'll see people say, "Oh, well, there's light bleed." Okay, well, let's take a look at your Apple Thunderbolt. You're going to see the same light bleed. Like, if you were... There may, people may have some problems. But I, there are the, you know, whatever the audiophile equivalent for a yeah. monitor is. Yeah. 
you know, yeah, I'm sure maybe there's some kind of problem, but for regular use, dude, I'm I'm not seeing any problems with this thing. And it's got Thunderbolt, now, right? Like that. Well, that was what did it. That that is what sent me over the top. Where I was like, I'm getting this. Okay, so so I'm not seeing any problems with it in terms of the light bleed, but let's let me keep it real right here, okay? Because because like Alan said, you know, uh, uh, he's uh, he's he's once I saw one in person. The first thing I did when I jumped on Alan's was I was like, oh my God, look, I can just drag this tab off and I can drag that tab off. And before you know it, I had like four files and I could see each one of them like side by side. And it was, it was a beautiful thing. But that does come at something of a cost though. So there are slightly different model numbers for this. So like Alan mentioned, um, the one that we have the link for is the 34UM95P. And the one that I got was the... 94p and from what i read the only difference between the models that you got versus the one that i got was literally the warranty yeah yours like, was longer mine mine came with a three-year warranty and yours came with a one-year warranty yep um at least from what my research was at the time um but the there are a couple things that bother me about this monitor and that is the, the and they're like little nuisance things one is sometimes it and I haven't figured out a pattern to it, but when the machine needs to cut cut off the monitor for whatever reason, you know, it goes to sleep, it's locked, whatever. Sometimes when I wake the machine back up and bring you know, bring it back up, then once I log in, windows have been repositioned to random places. Yeah, you've told me. I've never had that problem. Now, that does seem... I have... Okay, so I do use this connected in both uh, OS X and... Uh, Windows 8.1 and only I only see that weird problem happen in Windows 8.1 but it is an extremely frustrating problem though because you know if you go to lunch and you come back and now all of your windows are moved over and it's weird because it's almost as if when the monitor goes to sleep that in that low power mode it reports its resolution as something different than what it actually is because what ends up happening is not only not only do all the windows get moved over you know because because i have a dual monitor setup so not only do all the monitor all the windows from the second monitor get moved over to the first one but they also get resized in that 34 to where they don't even take up the entire 34 inch display a question for you is that thing hooked up through thunderbolt through windows or is it hdmi through windows uh neither so this thing has multiple ports, uh, inputs, and that was one of the things that I liked about it. And so I'm actually using DisplayPort. Okay, interesting, because I'm doing HDMI on that one because of window because of Max Windows driver stinks for Thunderbolt. So Max window driver? Yeah. So for Boot Camp, like the Boot Camp drivers. That's for, not a that's not an Apple driver. That's a Microsoft. Okay, it's horrible. Like you right. can't unplug the thing and plug it back that, up. You have to restart your machine. That is a known that that Thunderbolt problem is a known Microsoft problem. Interesting. You can't daisy chain them. Yeah. You can't hot swap them. Okay, so it's garbage. Um, and so that's why I have mine hooked up through HDMI for that very reason because. If the power goes out or you accidentally unplug it or whatever, you literally have to reboot your system to get it to recognize the Thunderbolt. And, that, and that's why I have mine in as Display. uh, DisplayPort. Yeah. And actually, the second monitor that I was referring to is coming in as Thunderbolt. Interesting. But yeah, so I, I don't I don't know. It's weird. And I've only seen to notice that in um, in Windows, not in uh, OS X. 
Hmm. And then I noticed another weird one that has seemed to go away. This one actually scared me because the controls, okay, because I would switch. Okay, so here's, well, first, let me backtrack. The the other major nuisance thing uh, about this monitor is that it does not auto sense the input. So uh. if you have if you have multiple sources connected into it through the different um, um, you know, inputs and you disconnect one of them or turn one of them off, it doesn't recognize that it's something on another one and automatically switch to it. Nor does it if there's nothing plugged into it and you happen to plug in on a source that wasn't last used. It doesn't switch to it when that device cuts on. Right, it, you have to use. You that have to manually switch it. So, this is where we get into the third nuisance one and the one that scared me. So on the bottom of it, there's this little, you know, jog wheel, mouse stick, whatever you want to call it, that's on the bottom of the monitor that you use to go through the menus. Well, at random, I don't know why, but the directions were flipped. <laughs> So, so like what used to be like pushing up became pushing down (laughs) and, and what was kind of annoying there is that the way it was before is that, you know, if you pushed down, then it would turn off the monitor. Well, so what I needed to do to switch inputs was to to push up, but then up became down. So I would push up (laughs) and then that would turn it off. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? And then... But then worse than that, what was also kind of weird about that is that not only did the left and rights get switched, but what should have been a left, right, no longer worked. Like I couldn't, so, um, or maybe I had that backwards. But well, your joystick stopped working. I couldn't go the other direction. And so, yeah, so that was really weird. Huh. And nothing touches that joystick. It's not like that. It's not like that button has been banged on the desk or anything like that. Like literally, nothing's touched it. But the and the only reason why I even interact with it at all is because when you switch inputs, you have to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd never touch it. I mean, literally, you'd never touch it. I, yeah. That. So hmm. those are my major gripes about. I mean. As far as like, you know, you're talking about people having issues with the color. I haven't noticed any of that. Dude, it's beautiful. Like I've got it next to a 27 inch Thunderbolt. And here's the cool part. Because the pixel layout, it literally is the same exact height as a Thunderbolt 27 inch. Like the screen Uh, size is identical. Yeah, An Apple Thunderbolt. An Apple Thunderbolt display. And it's gorgeous. Like the the display on it's wonderful. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of it. The only thing I will say is if you're a gamer and you want to do this, You've uh, get, you better have a fairly beefy gaming card. You you at least need to have a 960 GTX, and probably higher because you're pushing a lot of pixels. Yeah, yeah. I, I doubt a lot of games will even support that high. I, I don't know how how that's going to work because I know a lot of games will don't support um, my uh, ultra wide right now. But uh, I guess the aspect ratio is different there. But I'm hesitant for 4K. Well, so that brings us to the next monitor, which is a Philips 40-inch 4K. And here's the thing. Like, I was telling the guys before this, like, for me to go 4K, because I've seen the 28-inch monitors out there, the thing is 4K is so tiny. I mean, just so incredibly small. Unless you do the scaling, which Windows has gotten a little bit better with, but it's still not perfect. But, I mean, if you're really going to get a 4K display, you want it. You want those 4K pixels to be doing something, right? 
And so I think 40 inches is probably about the right size if you're going to use it for a computer. And one of our buddies got one, and he loves it. He swears by the thing. Now, you want to talk about gaming? Dude, you better you better shell out some cash for a 980 <laughs> Ti because that's what you're going to need to be running much of anything on a 4K display. I mean, video cards aren't quite there yet. I mean, there's a lot of people that will go out and buy these monitors to game on, and you better be willing to go ahead and shell out as much as you did for the monitor for another video card. So, At least one. Or more. Yeah, or more. I mean, a lot of people <laughs> run those in SLI just to get frame rates that are pretty good. So, I mean, it, it's no joke. But, I mean, 4K 40-inch for a developer is, is pretty outstanding. Yeah, now we're getting ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, All right. Yep. So, Next. the desk setups. Yeah. So the first one that I put on here, so I, you know, I work at home now and one of my big things was, is getting set up. So I've got my ergonomic keyboard. I have my ergonomic mouse, all this stuff. Right. And I get no exercise. Like I literally is, it's, it's terrible, man. Like the most exercise I get is running to my car to go to five guys, which is terrible. (laughs) So, so, um, you know. One of the problems with that is, like, literally, and we know it as developers. Do like, you need a wrist guard? I probably will soon. <laughs> I'm probably going to need all kinds of guards here pretty soon if I don't if I don't uh, get some exercise. But, like, one of my things was is I literally sit down for 8, 9, 10 hours a day, right? That's what you do as a developer. And so one of my big things was I wanted a desk. We talked about this last year. Like, what would your perfect desk be? Yeah. You know, yep. we storage. Desks were definitely uh, one of the items. And, dude, like, when, when I started working from my house, I was like, I have to have a setup that is going to be conducive to me wanting to be here. So what I did is I ended up building my own desktop. Um, Outlaw did the similar thing, and he can tell you about it in a second. But, but with that, I didn't just want to build a desktop. I wanted a sit-stand desk. And so there's a set of legs called Uplift 900, and we'll have a link in the show notes as with everything here. But basically, you can buy these legs standalone and then just attach them to your desk. Dude, these things are freaking fantastic. I can't tell you how many times playing with these after I got them, before I even put the desktop on it, where I would sit my entire family on top of the rails of this thing, and just push the up button and like raise ourselves to the ceiling and go down. It'll support 350 pounds. I have three monitors on it. I have a computer mounted underneath the desk. I have my desk on it. I have hard drive. I have tons of stuff. You hit the button and it's just like. So, so let me, let me a little commentary, you know, out, unbiased outside commentary. So, you know, as, as Alan mentioned, I too uh, decided, Hey, you know what? I'd like to build my own desk. And I was actually, I actually had built mine before, I believe it was before Alan it was, finished yeah. his. Yeah. But, um, you know, so yeah, so I had, you know, researched, you know, cause we had talked about the TBC consoles last time. I love those setups. They're so beautiful, but I really didn't want to spend that kind of money on like a Four custom grand. made, you know, if you got it, <laughs> um, you know, on, a, on, on that kind of desk. But, you know, there were a lot of custom made desks that were out there. And like, if you go and just do some Googling on your own for like, you know, you know, we've mentioned battle stations before. Like there's a whole uh, subreddit for that. Um, there are some beautiful setups. And oh, by the way, 
we'd like to see yours too. So why don't you uh, tweet us a link oh, absolutely. or tweet us a picture of what your battle station setup looks like. But um, yeah, so I mean, there's some beautiful setups out there. And so, you know, I did some searching around and also trying to keep things real. Like, you know, okay, well, what's in like the realm of realistically, you know, uh, you know, that I could, that I could put something that I could pull off. that's not going to take a ton of time, you know, relatively quick. So I built this desk and I was rather proud of it. Right. And I mean, like really proud of it. I was showing pe- people pictures all the time. It's was, a good looking desk. I was desk. really proud of it. It's a design by Anna White, but my wife had actually and, seen it. It's and, a good looking desk. Uh, and then Alan told me what he was going to do, and you know he was only going to do the top of the desk, and then he was going to buy the legs for it. And at first I was like, wow, really? That sounds kind of crazy. I wonder how it's going to work out. And then I saw what he did, and honest to God, I'm jealous. I'm like, I went the wrong direction. I should have just, I could have just made, I could have just taken a piece of wood and just, you know, sanded it down really good and get it really smooth, painted that and been done, and slapped it on top of this Uplift 900 and this thing is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I will say, I did a little bit more than just sanding the top. I actually no, made... No, he just sanded it. So That's pretty much it. So I, so here's the thing. And for anybody who's thinking about this, like one of the things and one of the reasons why I did not buy a desk was I couldn't find every, anything that met all my requirements. Yeah, that was my problem too. And that, that, that frustrated me. So one of my big requirements was it needed to be wide enough to where both me and my wife could sit at it. Right, because I didn't want her trying to take up my computer space when I needed to be doing something, and I didn't want to take away from hers, right? So that was one. The other thing is I didn't I, I needed a little bit of storage, but I didn't want a lot of storage. Right. So what I ended up making was three cubby holes that are basically they're slightly bigger than an eight and a half by eleven, so that you can put sheets of paper in there if you wanted, right? Like they're I think they might be thirteen inches deep or something like that. So you can actually slide paper back in there. And then the other thing was I wanted something to hide wires. I'm so tired of seeing wires everywhere that I was like, I need some place for this. So what I did is my cubbies that I built, I built the desktop to, to where the top of it and the cubby is about four inches tall. So I've got enough room to put a surge protector in the back of this thing to where I can plug all my wires up and hide them all. So... So, like, all these things were literally the reason why I built this. Now, it took me probably, I don't know, I, I think I started on it. It might have taken me two or three weeks to get the whole thing done. That's sanding, you know, cutting, doing all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's done over time. But, man, I'm so happy with it. Like, it, it is probably one of my favorite things I've done. Yeah. And, Joe, I mean, what did you end up landing with? I know that you've got a whole new setup there. Did you, did you change your desk at all? No, I cheaped out. I've still got a, like an IKEA desk, and I do like that. Um, there's no drawers because I definitely am a fidgeter, and I, I, you know, I hate having drawers on the desk because I just keep banging my knees on it. So I, I don't hate this desk, and it was a lot easier to just kind of go to IKEA and putting together. You know, is a nightmare, but <laughs> <laughs> not not as hard as uh, the, what you guys did. Well, it's funny. I mean, yeah, it took some time, but I will say, like, the top of it's gorgeous. Like, I don't know. Like, when I sit down at it now, I actually enjoy sitting at the desk because I look at it. I'm like, man, this thing looks nice. I can push one button. Dude, this Uplift 900 is so fantastic because you can set memory points on it. It has four memory spots. So, like, if you wanted to, if, if you stand at a certain height and you want this thing, you can set that at memory one, right? And your wife is at a certain height, that could be memory two. Dude, it is absolutely fantastic. I, I'll take some pictures and try and get it up here 
um, along with this. Maybe it'll give some people some ideas. But um, how high does it go? Oh, dude, it's pretty tall. Like it will go. Um, so sitting down, it's like the perfect height. I think the the desk is right at thirty inches off the floor, the top of it, which is what standard desks are that you go to a store and buy. Um, stand, I think when you hit this thing, it'll go up 54 or something like the thing will get close to my shoulders, which oh, wow. is, you know, I, I'm six feet tall. So it's, you know, it goes up pretty high. That's ridiculous. Yeah, dude. I love it. I, it's, and I'm telling you, dude, I'm not kidding you. I have my whole family sitting on the thing, just pushing the up and down button. My kids are like, Hey, can we ride the desk again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says it says that for the the frame of it, the legs of it, it goes from a height range of twenty three and a half inches to forty nine and a half inches, and that again is without the the desk top. It's so cool. Oh, and here's one thing to know about it. That so if anybody's interested in those things, when I did my desk width, I did an entire sheet of plywood, so it was eight feet wide, so ninety six right. inches. Now I said that in inches, so for those of on the other side of the pond that are in meters, that's going to be like a billion centimeters, <laughs> or like one meter, right? Oh, so here's the cool part: that, like they show measurements on the thing that say this is how far apart these things need to be. The legs, yeah. <laughs> these Here, things. Here's here, yeah, the, the legs, right? <laughs> Here's the thing. There's like a middle section. And when I talked to the person on the chat, the they or no, I actually called on the phone. They said, you don't even need that middle piece. So literally, I took that out. I was able to move the legs a little bit further apart to give it better stability. And then just screw that into the bottom of the desk and everything's good to go. So I've literally got a full eight foot wide desk which, that is just beautiful. Which is why the next topic, the next item here is so important because with these oh. custom made desks, handmade desks and with things moving up and down, it's important to mount these gigantic monitors to make sure that they're sturdy. So once again, back on the list for the second time is the Ergotron LX desk mounts. And if you have never seen these, they are like picture a mount for a, a monitor or TV but one that actually looks good, one that you don't mind showing somebody. That that's what these are. These They're are beautiful. like beautiful. I don't even know how to. Describe. I wanted to say like a predator, but it's not a predator. They're like chrome and black. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. But we need to note though. Last time we talked about these because they were items that we lusted over. I've got two of them now. You've got two of them. Yeah. I and mean, better yet, this hands down okay now let me tell you what if you go if you were to go look on amazon and you find the ergotron lx uh, desk mounts you'll find that amazon has an amazon basics version that looks extremely similar yeah okay minus except the, the curl. that it's all black yep now i'm not going to try to take anything away from amazon right i mean that they did you know I, they may have even had these made by ergotron i don't know but what I can say is that in terms of customer support, this has been the best experience I ever had from a company. So what happened was because I had made the desk myself, I had purposely left some space on the back because I knew I was going to want to mount the, the monitors to the desk. And I knew that I was going to want a mount that would clamp to the desk, right? And so I had purposely left some space on the back for such a mount except when i got these ergotrons in 
the mount didn't quite the 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 mouse that they came with included this um the 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 knob on the dial that you would turn to screw it in to make it tighter it was gigantic like much larger than it needed to be but that was their de facto knob that you know that they used right and ergonomically i mean it was like you know it was good use i mean you know there was nothing wrong with it but if they had had a version where you know instead of using your hand to tighten it if you used some tool then for my purposes then you know that would work better or if this knob just wasn't you know so gigantic um so i reached out to them because they have all kinds of accessories that you can get for this arm for this desk mount right like if you want to extend the distance that this arm and you know reaches out there is extensions for that and one of the the great things about this monitor is this is supposed to be like once you set it up and you set all the tension on the springs correctly then you never have to use any tools or anything like that to move the monitor around. You can freely move the monitor in whatever position you want. And because the tension is set, it'll just stay wherever you move it. And um, so they have all kinds of accessories for it. And so I couldn't find a replacement mount for this. And so I hit up their support and was like, hey, uh, you know, here's what I'm trying to do. But, you know, this knob is just too big. You have, you know, can't find anything like that. The guy custom made two mounts for me and sent me pictures. He actually, let me rephrase that. He made, he custom made two different styles, <laughs> sent me a picture and said, which one do you think you would work for you? And then, wow. and then I said, I, you know, I said, well, I think I'll, I think this one, you know, would work best. And then he sent me two of them. Yeah. Of that, of that style. At no charge. Yeah. At no charge. No, not even shipping. They, it was all, they, he was just like, yeah, we've never had anyone. He's like, that's a really cool idea. No one has hit us up for that. Uh, you know, and it was only because of the space constraint, because that knob, like literally there was enough space for it to fit, but you couldn't, but turn you it. couldn't turn it right. because of where the wa- the back wall of my desk was. And, you know, so like looking at the directions, you're like, oh no, there's enough room. Yeah. That's, I mean. You don't get customer service like that, and I can attest to it. Like, it is holding up a 27 inch Thunderbolt, Apple Thunderbolt, which is nothing but a chunk of metal, and it's that also is one heavy monitor. It is heavy, and then it's also holding up my LG 34 inch. Dude, those things are amazing, yeah. just flat out amazing. Well, holding up the LG isn't such a big deal though, because that that's a lightweight it's monitor. A I think monitor. without the stand, that one's like 14 pounds, but. Apple that that monitor is like twenty two without yeah. a stand on it. Yeah, it's like a that. heavy like, piece of metal. It, it's a big one. Yeah, but then you have to have a place to sit at these <laughs> wonderful desks, and so also for the second time on the list, my favorite, the Herman Miller Arion. Like, there's no more comfort. Like, if you got to spend your day as a developer sitting in front of a desk writing code. You want that to be, that should be a throne. That's, that's your throne. That's where you're going to sit. That's where you're going to spend your time. Yeah. No, I got one of those bouncy balls. What? Is it, uh, hey, what nah. chair are you sitting in? I'm strengthening my core. I don't remember what it is. It was actually, it was a cheapie. So, you know, here's my thing with the cheapies and I've gone that route. You know, what drives me crazy about them more than anything else. Other than the fact that they break down over a year or two is the fact that they pop and crack and creak and, and squeak. Yeah. I cannot stand it. And I think part of it is because I'll, I'll record a video for coding blocks or, or something like that. And I don't want to have to worry about every time I move it going pop, crack. Yep. I, I can't stand it. Um, So here's what's funny. I actually have a Leap 2, which 
It's a nice chair. Like it's it's really good. Um but I'm not recommending that one as much because I went and bought this Work Pro Quantum 9000 from uh, Office Depot and if you get it on sale, you can usually get it for somewhere in the ballpark of 280 bucks and they call it the Baby Herman Miller. It's an excellent chair for the price. It's solidly built. It does not have the nine gajillion adjustments that the Herman Miller Aeron has, but it feels just about as good. Um, you have, I, I mean, the bottom's the mesh, the back is the mesh, super comfortable, stays stays cool. Uh, for my money, that's one of the better chairs I've purchased. The Leap is very good, but the Leap is also up there in Herman Miller territory. But this Work Pro, like if you're looking for a quality chair that's not going to break the bank, this is a really good one. But but if it costs more, it's better, right? Mm. That's right. <laughs> mm. Five times better in this case, <laughs> right? Wait. Um, all right. So so who's got this next one here? Me. I think we all have them though. Um, these are the laptop stands. Um, I have an M stand, so it's just kind of nice. So I don't have to to bend down so far. And what I really like about laptop stands, it kind of puts it up and it puts the keyboard at kind of an angle so it's awkward for typing but it's great for viewing what i really like about it is i just you know it kind of reclaims some of that desk space so i like that i can kind of slide stuff underneath the laptop now but you said to bend down like where you have the stand no i just feel like if if you're um if you're sitting kind of a proper you know proper ergonomic uh posture then you're going to be looking down at a laptop Compared to like a monitor that's got you know maybe a six inch stand or something. Hmm. Yeah. The uh, we I think we all do have the same exact stand, and it's it's a pretty quality one. The other thing I like about it too, like it, we all have MacBooks that sit on it. Dude, those things turn into little turb. Uh, like they go they go hot fast, especially if you're doing a Google Hangout, right? So um, it also opens up the back of it to where it has a place to actually vent out that hot air. So it's it, that's one just kind of side nice feature of it other than the elevation of the screen which is good Dude, it's expensive though it's like uh it was either 49 or 50 bucks something like that for uh you know it's essentially a piece of aluminum yeah that's really all it is <laughs> yeah. but there is nothing fancy about it but it does oh, except the box was very fancy <laughs> the box was it was like an apple box wasn't it yep but it, it is a nice piece of and it looks nice right like so you're paying for decor and functionality and it and it happens to handle both just fine. Now, if you want a slightly smaller footprint for something like this, right? Uh, I actually have and use one made by a company called Just Mobile. And it's the Alu Base, uh, like like aluminum base, but they decided to concatenate it. Alu Base uh, laptop mount. And what this what this is is the you just stand the laptop in it vertically, right? So uh, you know. I like it. I actually, in the picture, they show it to where like they show like an Apple laptop where you can actually see the logo, but because that means that the heat sinks are then pointing down, that makes no sense to me. So it makes right. sense to like have it pointing up, you know, so that the heat sinks are, uh, you know, the logo might be upside down, but the heat sinks are up to get rid of all the heat. But, uh, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's even less aluminum than that M stand, <laughs> but yet it's not too far away Across from the, the price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
But uh, well, it's because they called it the Alu Base. I mean, they got to just yeah. So, yeah, I'm not getting it. Yeah, true that. But it's basically <laughs> like if you look at this thing though, it. So here's the beauty of it though, because not only can you use this thing for work, but you should go look at the pictures for this thing too, because you can also use it for taco night. Because <laughs> you know, it looks like it would perfectly hold your taco, and you can be like, put all your dressings in your taco, and then you know, eat it and make another one. Like this thing's beautiful for that. Oh, man, that's some pomp right there. And, and depending on like you know what your diet for tacos is, there's like two different inserts. So you know, you could have big tacos or little tacos. Man, if you're spending forty dollars to get a taco holder. <laughs> <laughs> you're living large my friend no yeah, again this is cheese. multi-purpose this is taco holder and laptop holder uh, what part of that did you, you understand you definitely want to dip your macbook in your taco bell leftovers <laughs> <laughs> well now hold on now that's blasphemy <laughs> we said tacos you know, nobody's bringing up taco bell we're talking about good tacos oh, come on taco that's bell. not good tacos that's fantastic man um you can't I, beat a mexican I, pizza i, I can't, can't have a conversation don't, with don't this even. man don't even <laughs> really really how can i even talk to you anymore joe, that is joe, insane what say you taco bell rules yes no, sir yes no. i broken no no one no one in their right mind would say that that's a good taco i mean it's a it's it's you know, I don't even know. Can you say it's edible? I mean, like, I guess you don't die from it, so maybe. Well, ever since, but the, I could eat paper and not die from that too. So, oh man. Taco Bell's does fantastic. that make paper edible? So here, here, yeah, a number four man, a Mexican pizza and two crunchy tacos. It's on. I I can't take this man serious, but maybe <laughs> you can. And so here's what you should do: you should head over to www.cunningblocks.net/slash/review. And uh, find your choice of either iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite aggregator might be. Leave us a review. We greatly appreciate it. Every time we see one, you know, well, most of them. (laughs) (laughs) Almost every time we see one, we get excited. Except for that, that one that we mentioned earlier. The one that shall not go. The one that shall not be mentioned. We, We normally don't cry when we read them. Was the Voldemort? Is that... What are you doing, man? <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and hey, we've said this before too. If you find another ag- aggregator that you prefer, let us know because you know we're curious to find out like how people are getting to uh, find us, and you know, spread the word too. Tell a friend or three or four, and uh, we we do really appreciate that. This episode is sponsored by DigitalOcean. Over five hundred and fifty thousand developers have already deployed to their cloud. You could deploy your own droplet in 55 seconds. Their options start at $5 a month, and you only pay for the time used when your droplet is live. Use the offer code CODINGBLOCKS, no spaces, and get a $10 credit towards your new DigitalOcean account. All right, so, you know, Vlad is probably <laughs> wanting to kick somebody that we haven't already mentioned this, this, uh, this section here. Let's talk about storage. Yeah, man, he's he might be the person who like made us all think differently about this because he's like, look, man, I I don't even need good processors. Give me an i three. No, no, nay. Give me a Celeron, but give me a. He didn't quite go that far. He all his stuff was running <laughs> i threes, dude. No, I thought he was i five. No, he i threes and SSDs because I was okay. like, dude, you crazy. Well, he he definitely was of the opinion to spend all your money on on the the disc versus the CPU. And you know what? He was right. It, yeah, it's, really. It, it's, I mean, honestly, in the past 
two decades, is there anything that gives you better bang for your buck performance wise than an SSD? Not two stuff decades? I'm doing. No way. Two decades. Two man. decades? Yeah, man. Like seriously, because you've always been hampered by those slow hard drives, right? Like you. So, but you're wanting to go back to 1995 computers? Yeah, man. All the way back. I don't even care. Like really, you want to go back to the release of Windows 95? SSDs. We're going to compare. Yes. As if a, we had SSDs back then, we might not have even developed anything else. That's so what I'm saying. Like this, we're done. Yeah, it's Windows done. 95 is so good. <laughs> Look yeah. at how fast it oh, is. Oh yeah, it was so good. <laughs> but no, I mean, like seriously, like. I've I've actually bought a couple of these, um, the Samsung Evo, uh, nine fifty one terabyte no eight fifties the one terabyte. No, you had eight forty. I thought I have an eight forty. I have an eight fifty and an eight forty. I have an eight fifty in uh in a desktop, and I have the eight forty in my laptop. But yeah, a terabyte. Dude, Bala. Well, I mean, they're three hundred bucks now. Like that's that's insane. And Joe went and bought a few of them, right? Yep, a few. I did. Good lord! You gotta have one for Windows. You gotta have one for your games. I have one, dude. You're behind. Apparently, it, 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 I mean the thing was is like when they dropped seriously down to about three hundred bucks for a terabyte. I was like, okay, this is just silly now. Like, I, I need this. <laughs> yep. I want to buy some now just because I really love them. Yeah. I mean, like the next thing, I'm gonna get stupid and I'm gonna start striping them in raids. Like, <laughs> I. I, I I can't even take it. But if it weren't for the next product we're going to mention here in a second, I probably would do that. But, dude, they've even got a 2-terabyte Evo now. Oh, yeah, man. But, but It's that, a little rich. Yeah, that bad boy is 740 Yeah, it, it, That's, it's not cheap. And, I mean, you have to... Like, if you're doing serious amounts of video editing, something like that is just stellar, right? Like, if you threw that into an enclosure that you could hook up to a Thunderbolt on something and just, you know, it had to be Thunderbolt. Otherwise, what are you you doing? You wouldn't keep up with it. Um, But, I mean, for transferring video and that kind of stuff, it'd be fantastic. But, I mean, honestly, at the prices, like, you can get a 512 uh, 850 Evo for what, 200 bucks now? Like, or, or maybe even less, like 150. It's ridiculous. So, All right, add to cart. Actually, the 250, 850, uh, the, the, Ah, this the is a lot of numbers. The Samsung 850 Evo 250 gig is $88 on Amazon. That's, that's ridiculous. You have to have that now. Like, I mean, if you don't have an SSD and you really want to see a boost. You're explaining to the wife why I bought this. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. But here's the thing, man. So that's that sounded great, right? Like these things have close to 500 megabit read and writes and that's why the evos had like their claim to fame like their reads and writes are both outstanding but then comes along this new m2 nvme slot that's coming out in all these computers now and one of our buddies just bought this samsung 950 pro dude this thing has 2500 megabit per second reads and 1500 writes that is that is five times the performance read wise of the Evo 850. I, I can't even comprehend that. It, it's not actually released yet, though. But he's getting one this week, apparently. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. But it, here's the thing, right? It's not even that expensive. It's just that you have to have one of these newer motherboards that has a slot to support it. It's kind of expensive. You can, if you consider it's about $350 for 512 gig. But five times the performance, dude. Well, yeah, it's insane. Like you blink and everything is done. Oh, it's so sick, man. I, I totally want that. I just don't feel like buying a new motherboard processor memory to make that happen. Right. Um, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on what your computer is, though. Like, uh, you know, some of the Macs already have that, already use that slot. Uh, the Mac Pro, right? Um, the Airs. Or iMac. The Airs use that slot. That, oh, really? I'm Can pretty you crack sure. it open and change it? Well, I mean, come on. Can you crack open either of them? Can no. You crack, well, the Mac Pro you can. That's what I was saying. Oh, wait. Mac Pro. I was talking about laptops. I thought you meant MacBook Pro. Oh, no. MacBook Pro you can't change anything on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like your Mac, you're technically, that's not a serviceable hard drive either. Right. right. But, uh, um, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure that on the Airs, though, they use that same, at least it's the same form factor. I mean, you know, but it might not be the same speed. But it's also an Air. But this, you know, going back to like Vlad's point of where, you know, smaller processor but yet ridiculously stupid fast disk yeah it's it is amazing you you know um i I built a computer last year um thanks to patrick dolan's inspiration and uh uh, when i would boot uh, after installing the ssds it would take seven seconds to get to windows and i was really impressed with that i just found out last week uh, there was actually a bios setting that delays the boot to give you time to uh to you know hit the the whatever the key for bios oh right like the f12 yeah, I dropped that from three seconds down to one, and now I have a five-second boot. Oh, man, that's amazing. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I dare you to just turn it off. Yeah, right. <laughs> Boop. Half a second. Yeah, you what, what's, the lowest, what's the lowest value it'll allow? <laughs> uh, well, it actually does go down to zero, but I was kind of scared because I didn't know, you know if I needed to get back in there. Yeah, you're done. Well, I mean, is it fractional? <laughs> or no. is it, Oh, so it's integer. Whole seconds, yep. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you. Yeah, seriously. Some lazy developers like, I'm not going to support decimal fractional parts on this. Dude. Right. I just imagine they're like, zero seconds, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Never getting into BIOS again. I'm sure it would be fine, but... Man, it really is. It's exciting to see that kind of performance gain just from replacing a drive. So, Yeah. yeah. All right. Bring, bring some new life into your old machine. It really will. So the, I guess your machine can't be too old though if it has that M2 slot. But well, the M2 you can't do. But you could. I mean, even if you get like the 850, um, you can even put that in one of the old SATA 2 connectors. It won't be as fast as it could be on something. Well, else. then you're limited to SATA 2, which is like what three gig yeah, per but, second. SATA 3 is six gig. Yep, something like that. But I mean, you're still going to see a performance boost over a spinning drive. Yeah. Um, the next one. This one's more along the lines of anybody who's wanting to do something like what we do, where you know, maybe maybe you're helping people out code or something, and you need a microphone. Now, this comes with a caveat. Uh, both Outlaw and I have one. He got one first, and I really like the way it sounded. Uh, the Audio-Technica ATR2100. Now, it sounds fantastic. Here's the caveat. You're not listening to that right now. You're not listening to that right now, but you have. The, it, like the times that Outlaw is recorded remote, that's what you've heard, and it sounds great. Here's the problem. Windows 7 works perfect. Mac OS 10 or X sounds perfect. For whatever crazy reason, Microsoft changed their audio drivers in Windows 8, 8.1, and 10, and the volume is so ridiculously low on it that Uh-oh. you have to bump the gain on it like insane in post to get it up to to good volumes. And I don't, I, there are complaints all over the web about it. So if you're going to do it, one of the ways that people have gotten around it is they'll run Windows 7 in a VM and do the recording in that. So if you needed to do something, that's one thing. But I mean, one of the, one of the great things about this microphone that um, Alan has not mentioned yet, though, is that this microphone is a 
dual input microphone. So you can either use this as an as a USB microphone or an XLR microphone. So you can do it as both at the same time. That's amazing. Again, but the whole, you know part of this is you know the the appeal to this microphone though is that if you're in an environment where you don't have XLR, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So uh, you only have USB as an option, then you can use this microphone, uh, you know, for that purpose. And it really does sound incredibly clean. And and the reason I recommend that over something like a, a Yeti uh, or a Blue microphone or something like that, this is a dynamic mic. So if you have any ambient noise or you're in a room that's not perfect, like there's, you know, hardwoods and that kind of stuff, it'll cut back on some of the echoes and the reflections and the background noise. Whereas a condenser mic like the uh, Yetis, uh, those pick up everything. Like you, you'll, you'll hear a flea fart in a hurricane with that thing. So um, <laughs> like there's, there, there's, there's a lot of noise. Things got graphic. Yeah, that's what we do here. <laughs> so that that was it that's that's kind of like a side pick uh but i thought it would be something people would you know if you're interested in this that's that's a cool one yeah and speaking of audio yeah this is where things are about to get crazy <laughs> we did talk about headphones a bit last time and i'm actually wearing my uh modern price i forget what they are now 8323 um, yeah i still like those but i never wear them and <laughs> i have gotten into the apple earbuds and it's because I work at home and I spend you know some time on the phone, and I don't want to go scrambling every time for my for my headphones. So I basically just keep my headphones plugged in time in between podcasts and phone calls and Skype and whatever else. It's just so easy to be able to, to just kind of answer the phone and go. So and I also so have gotten into your recommendation is the headphones that come with my phone. Uh, yeah, not the ones that came with the 4s, which were horrible. Uh, but whenever they started doing the the kind of weird sculpy ones that the oblong strange, yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> you don't like them? I I don't. I hate. No, them. there's no bass. Well, there's definitely none of that, and you know it's it's all about that bass. And <laughs> if there is a little bit if you push them in real hard and hold them there. It's like <laughs> it, it, it doesn't even like fit my head right. I don't know what's. I guess I have weird ears, but yeah, they're not comfortable for me. Uh, all right. So along those same lines, because it is all about that bass, a set that I do like and I recommend highly for a couple reasons are the Vmoda M100s. Now, they're not the cheapest on the planet. They're about right now on Amazon, they're like 230 bucks. But here's what I'll tell you. 235. I've never seen a set of headphones ever, and I've got more than a few. I've never seen more a more than any man should. <laughs> yeah, probably. I've never seen any as durable as these. Period. Flat out none. They they are ridiculous. On top of that, they come with multiple cables, one that has an inline mic that actually works very well. You can use it for gaming, you can use it for calls. You can use it for a number of things. Um, and these things, while they do have great bass, they've also got a good, rich mid-range, and the highs are nice as well. So if you're looking for, like, an all-around good set of headphones, these are excellent. And they fold up to tiny. Like, literally, um, they're probably about the size of a softball all folded up. So they're easy to take with you, throw in your bag. Um, and they come with a nice little carrying case. So that if you want a good set of headphones that you can use for pretty much everything, those are them. Yeah, they look very alien 
They do. Ish. Yeah. The, and if you're into customizing, you can have custom plates made for the outside of them. So yeah, they're, they're beautiful. Yeah, they're they're cool, man. They're they're a nice set of headphones. They are not my favorite sounding I've ever heard by any stretch. But they, they are modular. They are modular, and they're very good. You can replace the, cu- the the ear cushions on it, the plates, like Alan said. You can daisy-chain them. They have an in and an out, <laughs> so you can in one, and if you want to share that audio with another one, you have a, wow. you can chain the two. They even have plates. Not only can you get like a, a just a different color plate, but some of the plates have different designs on them. Oh, you can order them from Vmoda. You can actually upload a design, and they'll they'll etch it onto the metal and send it to wow. you. Wow. Um, Great, now i got to go buy that. Yes. And then the other thing that's cool, too, if you are a gamer, you can buy a boom mic for it. So, um, I mean, like, literally, these are the set of headphones. If you wanted to buy them to (laughs) do everything. Are you saying a boom mic? Because, like, when you're playing a game, you'd be, boom! (laughs) Outlaw just woke up, my baby. We're in trouble. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm about to get yelled at. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I really like those. Um, I'm in trouble. So then, now, on to one that I, dude, I was talking about this earlier. I want this thing so bad, but I don't think I'll ever be able to justify it. The Microsoft Surface Book. Like, I haven't been this excited about a piece of hardware in a super long time. But the problem is, I've bought into the Mac world. Like, I have Final Cut 10. I have, you know, I've already bought this software. That, first off, is already cheaper on Mac. And is in some ways superior to what you're going to get on windows do the same software on windows cost double to three times in some of these cases so not only would i have to shell out at least twenty three hundred dollars to get the minimum one that i want then i'm going to be in it for another thousand bucks to buy software that i need to put on it and that, that just man i want that thing but it oh god i want that thing but so so instead you're going to buy the iPad Pro, right? But so here's the thing, right? Like here's what's frustrating. The iPad Pro is not something that I would replace that with, right? Because I see the Surface Book as being something that you can really do work on. But at the same time, when you want to lay down and read an article, right? You just detach it and you do it. The iPad Pro, like I've never ever used an iPad for creating things. Like they don't they're but that's consumables. the whole that's I mean that was their entire pitch for I know iPad in general at the at the last keynote, especially iPad Pro, was that it was you know it used to be like a device for consumption. That's right? all it is. Yeah. Now now it's all about a device for creativity and productivity. You know, Microsoft it, was there to talk about like here's all the things you can do with Office. So here's my thing, right? Like, and here's the here's the comparison that frustrates me. If the iPad Pro ran OS X to where you could put Final Cut Pro on it, I'm sorry, OS what? OS X 10 and and you could run Final <laughs> Cut on it right like then that to me that's a creating device you, you hook a keyboard up to it maybe a mouse you're perfect right you can hook a keyboard up to it but you're not running Final Cut you're gonna run iMovie which they made for the iPad but that's not a full-blown experience and that's kind of what my frustration is at least with the surface and, and I was waiting for this one to come out because I was like they're gonna do something and it's close like I, I think that I might I might get it I don't know but right. I just don't. I don't want to have to buy that same software that I've already bought once on another platform. Here's here's the decision criteria. Here's how you decide this. Okay. <laughs> on the one hand, you have on your left hand. Let's say you have the Microsoft Surface Book, and in your right hand, you have the Apple iPad Pro. It really comes down to your choice of one of two things. 
do you want the Surface Pen or the Apple Pencil? You got to pick. I haven't felt the I haven't felt the pencil because one because even though they kind of sound like they're same, I mean, a, a pencil is different than a pen. <laughs> One's permanent. You're doing the keynote right now, aren't you? One of them, one of them, you can erase, <laughs> and the other one is there. Uh, it's going to leave its mark. Oh God, no! I, I, it really at this point, right? Like when you've bought into a particular, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Not environment ecosystem ecosystem you kind of get stuck in it right like i I don't know it's frustrating like if you're an android user you probably bought a ton of android apps and so buying an iphone you're like oh god i don't want to spend a hundred dollars to buy these same apps on iphone (laughs) i find it funny that the windows developer is saying that he hasn't bought into the windows ecosystem well i mean so here's the thing like here's a perfect example like the screen the screen uh cast that i've done that i've uploaded to youtube for coding blocks right that software to record your screen is $100 on Mac, all right? And it's good. Like, ScreenFlow's there. Camtasia is also 100 bucks. On Windows, that same software is $300. And it's like, it's the same software. Why am I having to pay three times the price? And so not only am I going to have to buy it for the other, you know, ecosystem, I'm going to have to pay triple the price for it. And that's the kind of thing that is killing my decision. And if it weren't for that, if it was a hundred bucks, I would probably just buy the thing and be like, okay, I'm going to love this device. But when it comes down to the software on top of it, like there is no equivalent to Final Cut Pro for $300 on Windows. The closest is Vegas Pro and that's yeah. 650 And so like you, you start talking about, you know, economies of scale greater. So, but I mean, dude. I thought Avid had like an entry level. Um, entry level. I'm talking about pro level, which Final Cut Pro oh, is. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> I mean, I, I look. I, I've done the iMovies. I've done all that. You've and seen his movies in the theater. That's right. <laughs> Alan Underwood in a world <laughs> where a man both writes code and makes movies. Yes, that's right. One tool to rule them all. Welcome. <laughs> oh God. So yeah. <laughs> At any rate, I do want that thing. I don't know that I'll ever get it, but it, it looks like one nice device. <clears throat> all right. So, when you guys we didn't mention the, the other, show notes, we didn't mention the other one. One of you is crazy. We didn't mention the iPad. Okay, the iPad Air two. Oh, was listed. Yeah, here. I mean iPad Air two. I, you know, only because if we're talking about like uh, tablet kind of devices, I was like, well, you know, is that is that, um, you know, in the what about category? Uh, but yeah, yeah maybe. I, fe- I feel like we've uh, we've yeah. hit on because Pro Air. What's really the difference? The pencil. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> which is a hundred bucks and doesn't come I with the device. I forgot my own decision criteria. Oh, man. man, I'm I'm bad about that. Apple, they kill me. <laughs> All right. Well, we're almost getting to the most important part, but I, I did want to interrupt uh, and say that I want a KVM. <laughs> I want a good <laughs> KVM. I feel like the world has turned and left me on this one. <laughs> they have. Man, I, I guess it's just a lot of people don't have, you know, multiple computers. They want to be able to switch, you know, quickly. Well, on that LG 34, you don't have to. You can just have them both simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, I did but, uh, ha- I did have, have a Have you tried that, that on your on that LG it's yet, by all the right. way? Yeah, I don't love it. You, you've had multiple inputs on it? Yeah, I don't love it. No, I, I mean I just I don't because really it like care. cuts it in half. Yeah, I don't really care to have that. So then, what is yeah. that going to become? Like a uh, seventeen twenty by fourteen forty? Yeah, I don't want any part of that. I it's want like all of it's it. like a weird ratio. Well, it is. Is it, it a four three ratio at that point? I don't know. Do some math. It's not quite four three, 
But there is a KVM that I had that was really good that used DVIs, um, and mm-hmm. it had USBs. It was ninety bucks though for that KVM. Yeah, I'm okay if it's a good one, but you know the thing about KVMs too is they don't switch the inputs on the monitors, and you know how could they? But it's so annoying to have you know these multiple steps in the monitor, like. It's, you know, maybe like six little thumb clicks and I got to reach for it. and oh. <laughs> But I guess it's just not a common problem. But, I, you know, I've got a Mac laptop and I've got a desktop and I've got a like a work Windows laptop. And I want to be able to switch between these. You know, I, I want to be able to check my bank statements on my desktop. I want to do Mac-y things on the Mac and I want to do my work on the work laptop. Hmm. Yeah. I, Is that well, too much to ask? Th- this goes back to our Windows uh thunderbolt driver problem where even uh, if you did have that option to kvm a thunderbolt monitor it would be problematic on a windows box it's so frustrating but i mean even then you're talking probably for what you want to <laughs> to bring together mac and windows properly in a kvm and all that you're probably talking about a 200 dollars device well yeah and just the uh, the outputs alone like desktop is dvi the uh, macbook is you know i guess it's got hdmi too but uh, the thunderbolt and the the dell's got uh, i think it's display port well it's like come on your mac will do display port also out of those thunderbolt ports it'll actually oh, do really? yeah it'll do mini display port so i just don't want to have a bunch of adapters yeah it's it's kind of frustrating i'll have to look and see if there is anything like that that'd be curious I've all seen right. a couple, but they all look crappy. And no matter what, it ends up being a lot of cables going somewhere. Yep. Yeah, you're going to have a big nest of, of wires. So so let's get into the favorite section of this then. Because, you know, as a as a developer, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time, you know, a lot of, a lot of seat time in front of a monitor, right? And so sometimes you just need to trade one monitor for another monitor. <laughs> and you might as well on that other monitor... You know, play a game or two. You got some time to kill. <laughs> kill it correctly. You know, slay that time. Properly kill it. So, there's several games either coming out or just did come out. And I, there's so much excitement. Like, I don't even know which one of these on your, on the list is your favorite, Alan or Joe. But definitely, I think that the world would agree with me that Call of Duty Black Ops 3, November 6th, is going to be the big one. No way, man. The last one was too good. It's it's just going to be downhill from there. It left a lot of unanswered questions in the storyline. Story. <laughs> Here's what I'll tell you, though. It, and, like, I have every Call of Duty known to man for years. But I have always enjoyed the previous one because they skip every this year, This is right? Treyarch. So I like the last one. Like the controls on theirs is always so good. And that, that this is Treyarch. So they're doing this. So the same one did it twice in a row. No, now? no, no. This is Treyarch that's releasing Black Ops Three, or that developed Tre- the, uh, Black Ops Three. Who did the one last year? Um, what was it? What Sledgehammer. Was it Activision, right? No, it's always Activision. Oh, Activision is like the company. The, the, the company that the company that owns the title, but the developer company. I think it was like Sledgehammer last the year. The controls like in Modern Warfare Two were so good, and it seems like every other year that is when the controls are so good. And then the other years, like the game's still awesome, but the controls don't feel as tight to me. But no doubt, like of all the games that I could think of, unless Uncharted were to come out here in the next month or two, this would be the one that I'd be the most excited about. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Adats. Which one? Snow speeders. Come on, man. Star Wars Battlefront. No love. Dude, I haven't even seen it. I, I know that's blasphemy. I know. I haven't even what? seen it. You know, I was, I was looking at the, the game of uh, some of the videos for this and the gameplay. This one looks really cool. 
It, what, it Call really of Duty or no, the Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. It, yet. it looks awesome, and it comes out November seventeenth. And it really, I mean, of course, you're gonna want it for your Xbox One. But no, uh, wait, <laughs> nobody has an Xbox One. Wait, what? Wait, what do you have, Joe? But I'll PlayStation. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, I have a PlayStation. Yeah. We we actually wanted to play our games at 1080p. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And well, you leak know, all your sensitive Xbox. personal information at the same time. <laughs> I'm fine with that. They, yeah. they can have it. Yeah. It's Swedish coder's fault that I ended up with a PlayStation. <laughs> he got a new computer. I had to follow. He got a PlayStation. I, I had to follow. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was Sledgehammer, by the way, that did uh, Advanced Warfare, which Advanced Warfare was awesome. Advanced yep. Warfare was outrageously good. That that one was. Yeah. So so Black Ops Three is going to be Treyarch. And, you know, like I said, that comes out on Friday, November 6th. And it's a Friday release day <laughs> so that you can play all weekend, uh, which yeah. is going to be awesome. And if you pre-ordered it, then you get, you know, something. They're doing it a little different. They're not doing the day zero thing like they did last year for Advanced Warfare. You get to play all weekend if you don't have a baby and you have kids that are over 10. It's like if you pre-order, <laughs> if you pre-order the season pass, then you get a... Uh, a map for oh I remember what it was you get no you get a zombie map pack uh, for uh, Black Ops and if you pre-ordered the game then you get the Nuketown map pack Um, and this is just like the regular versions not like the super digital ultra ultimate exclusive collection Nuketown is a lot of fun that's one of my favorite maps one of the big things too about it is that uh, zombies is going to be a bigger deal now. So you've mentioned before on the show about like the monotonous zombie mode of Call of Duty, yeah. but this is not that. So even in Advanced Warfare, the zombie mode in there, there was some semblance of a co-op storyline okay. that 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 um, arced across all of the DLCs that came out along with you know as the season pass uh, released its different components. In Black Ops Three Zombies is an even bigger storyline, so it's got a, it's its own it's its very own campaign mode now, single player campaign mode set in the 1920s. So you know all uh, you know mobsterish, you know, but zombified. So yeah, people love them some zombies. There's no doubt. And then there was uh, when did that come out? Last week, the Halo Five Guardians release. You know, of course, for your Xbox One. Apparently, Halo is a big deal. Uh, I've never really heard of it. Yeah, what? 20 years ago, maybe. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. It might have been probably... Actually, that might be more than any other game, the one that made me fall in love with FPSs. Because, do you guys remember, like, this was back Wait before... Wait a the, minute, what? It was so slow. What? No, no, because it What was, about... No, you're not going to say Doom or Quake? No, like, I love Doom, but it wasn't one of those Unreal ones... Unreal Tournament? Like, So, I never really played Unreal, but... Halo was the first one where literally, like, people I knew would all grab their Xboxes and we would set up TVs everywhere. Right? I mean, I, I, would, I thought you were going to say, because at least this was what the case for me, that Halo was the one that made me enjoy Xbox Live. Right, like, like the no, whole this was before the whole Xbox idea Live. of like playing with just random people. I'm talking about Halo One. There was no Xbox Live. This is what I'm saying. Like, it was the one that made me love playing with. But other this people. is why I'm saying, like, you know, but way before that, right? Okay, I've never been a there PC was, gamer. There was, uh, man, come on, I'm you not missed a PC out gamer. on all the land parties. How I, did how did you do that? Uh, that was before my time. Whatever. <laughs> I know Joe was there with me. Uh, yep. I think maybe Alan had more of a social life than I did. <laughs> oh, wait, did did I just say something about this? Okay, forget it. I won't talk about it. But here's here's Joe's favorite one, the next one up. 
Yeah, I love Destiny. It's it's every it's like every FPS game all in one all the time. You just gotta get to a high enough level. The, I really like the new expansion too. The Taken King. Yep, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I've told Joe, like, I would love that game if I wasn't like a level nine because it is such a drudge trying to play that game when you're weaker than everybody. Like you're sitting here blasting away at this dude for like ten minutes and then some dude comes out of nowhere and shoots him once and he's dead and you're like, Man, I really don't have, I, I don't want to play this anymore. Yeah, yeah I the mean, beginning of campaign's terrible. So this time last year there were there were a few games that came out, like obviously Call of Duty, you know, that, that, that they have to print money every November. <laughs> but um you know, Destiny was one of the big releases for this time last year and Titanfall. Titanfall was another was big awesome. release yeah. uh, around this time last year, and you know specifically like from the developer point of view, there were all kinds of uh, um, credits for it, you know, because it was backed by Azure. Um, but but you know, I got all you know, I had each of those games, but definitely I got sucked into Call of Duty, and I'm with you on Destiny. Like I, I tried Destiny, you know, or at least gave both Destiny and Titanfall a, a you know go. And just didn't get into them or enjoy them as much as I did Advanced Warfare. Right. But, I mean, my kids definitely love Destiny. And so does Joe. So It's got a massive Either that says something about the game or it says something about Joe's mindset. (laughs) I'm not sure. I just can't. I have such a hard time. You know, it's almost like... You, you know you picked up a book before that you start reading. Stephen King is a perfect example. If you've ever tried to read a Stephen King book, if you can get past the first ten chapters of where he's talking about how the grass looks, then maybe it gets oh, good, yeah. right? But right. it's like a Neil Stevenson where he like goes into way too, too much, much detail. detail. Yeah, and that's kind of what Destiny is. It feels like it's so much of a of an effort to get to the point to where you're having fun, to where it's just like, man. You I'm just really, going to put in Call of Duty and shoot somebody. Yeah, or get you, shot. Really had, yeah. You, you really have to also get used to the concept, too. And, and it, it's massively online, but it's not like yeah. some of the other ones. You need but, assistance. But yet, at the same time that you're doing your, uh, you know, whatever your mission is, you could see other random people running around doing theirs, too. It's kind of cool. It's so, so, like, the, the quote campaign isn't really a campaign. It's a co-op campaign to but a it's not. But it's not. Yeah, but yet, it's well, not. Well, people will help you. You have well, to. Most of the levels the, are kind of sandboxed. In the early uh, levels, it, yeah. Very in the especially in the early levels, though, it's not. It's you know no, you're not yeah. working with anyone else. No, I wasn't. I was totally getting killed. Yeah, you <laughs> so. got to go to these own little zones that are kind of instance, and you're the only one there, unless you're specifically with that person. You know, hmm. so it's it's weird. But there's so much once you get to a high level, like you can just walk around. And you're like, hey, there's people that are doing this thing that I want to do. Let me go join them, and we'll all work together. And there's, there's a lot more of what you want the whole game at the very end. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll get back into it one day. Probably not, but I'll, I'll try. <laughs> well, speaking of time sucks, uh, the other big <laughs> release is definitely Fallout. Uh, I I just can't do it because I just I I feel like my life is just flying out of my hands when I play <laughs> games like this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what you don't I, like giving up two hundred hours of your life. Well, you know what it is? Like I could spend 200 hours on say Destiny or, you know, Call of Duty in little little chunks, but I don't yes. like this thing where I feel like uh it's like it's like a job. Like I need to go save the stupid farm so I could save the stupid city so I could save the stupid world. You know, and it, it just becomes this like big long 60-hour trudge just for, you know, the main chunk of things and man, I just 
Ugh, I don't have the patience for that. It sounds like your problem is similar to mine. Like, if I never read a review on a game, I might play it and enjoy it. But the problem is, you read a review on it. Like, Skyrim's the perfect example for me. It, it, it kills me. Like, I read a review, and they said, if you want to play this game from beginning to end and only do the main storyline, it's 250 hours. So, I know where that finish line is, right? Like... If I didn't know where that finish line was, maybe I could play that game and enjoy it. But knowing that it is 250 hours away from me is like, hold on a second. How many days do I have to That's more than six weeks of a full-time job of like just playing that game. If you put in an eight-hour day. That's like that seriously, it makes me weary. The longest game I've ever played beginning to end was Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. And that was 40 some odd hours. And I felt like I'd I'd like age 20 years by the time yeah. I'd done it. Right. <laughs> it, so I don't know, man. Like I love fallout. I actually enjoyed Skyrim the five hours I played of it, but it, it's, is I'm the same way. Like I, I can't look at that. Like Are you I sure can, about that 250 hours though. Supposedly. Really? Yeah. No. And if you wanted to play all the side quests too, it was over 600 hours of content. And that's amazing. Well, maybe they just mean like there's a lot of bang for buck there. Like, but it's not necessarily the storyline. No, that like the main storyline is over two hundred hours. Like yeah, that's crazy. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm with you. How do they fit all that on one disc? I don't know. Oh, they do. Witcher is the same way. It's supposed to be hundreds and hundreds of hours. Wow. I mean, well, this Call comes of Duty, out. Boom, boom, boom. Get on, play for forty five minutes. You you feel refreshed or frustrated because some twelve year old kicked your tail. Yeah, for but with an both, hour. I, I forget which one it is. It's either Call of Duty, um, Black Ops Three, or Halo uh, Five Guardians. One of those two games, the campaign, I kind of appreciated this because like the campaign uh, is, they said there was an advertisement for it where it says, you know, the average uh, time to play the campaign is 12 hours. That's perfect. So like, I was like, well, that's kind of funny that, you know, they they clearly put all their, it was actually, I'm looking it up right now. It was Halo 5. They clearly put all their effort on the multiplayer multiplayer aspect of it because they realized like that's where it's at, right? For this game, for at least for this title, that's where it is. It's, and so maybe in the case of like a Fallout, it's not on the multiplayer aspect as much as the storyline, you know, the other one. So, so they make the storyline count more, right? Maybe that's what it is. I will say, So this so Fallout Four comes out on November tenth, and here's a reason to get an Xbox One because if you pre-order it for Xbox One, you get Fallout Three included in it if you oh, pre-order. There goes the entire rest <laughs> yeah. of your life. So thousand hours. If you feel like losing a year of your life, <laughs> hey, I, but I can definitely say I have lost a year of my life playing Advanced Warfare. Oh, there's no like question. definitely this last Outlaw year has. is. <laughs> Is gone, and next year is going to be that way with uh, Black Ops Three. So, yeah, there's no doubt Outlaw has. That's awesome. <laughs> Wait, why am I? Uh, why are you binging, man? I don't know. I turned it off on something. There <laughs> we go. Uh, anyways, all right. So, what have we got next? I think we're getting into our. Tips. No, we're in. We're in your favorite. Your favorite portion of the show right now. It's the tip of the week. <laughs> and <laughs> and Joe right. has. Something or tip that, of the equinox. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I'm not even going to try to say this one, Joe. Yeah, I'm going to try to say it, and I'm going to try to describe it, and both are going to, you know, going to fail. But uh, it's Bayoting balls, and you've probably seen these movies. It's like you'll see the villain of the movie, 
and he'll be sitting there with his palm facing up with these two uh, big, you know, it's like steel balls in his hand, and he's kind of like making them go round and round in his palm, in his palm while he's, you know, laughing maniacally. And uh, this is just getting back to the whole like hand pain kind of thing. I heard this is supposed to be good. I haven't already tried this, uh, so you know, full disclosure, I haven't actually got these yet. But I'm going to. We'll have a link in the show notes, and I'm going to sit here, and my wife's going to come in here to my office while I'm working, and I'm going to say, "Yes, what is it?" <laughs> well, that was weird. <laughs> I think that might be what he was going for. Yeah, maybe we'll have a little vine to be just kind of like. <laughs> Uh, All right, so it's going to be even weird that this one's next. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, we went to several conferences recently, and uh, I think we had mentioned Connect JS. Uh, you know, and Alan and I were at uh, Atlanta Code Camp. We didn't even mention we we ran into a listener there. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, shoot, I forgot his name. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, uh, okay, but but um, so at Connect JS during the um, keynote speech for that, uh, the presenter he mentioned a site that I thought this was a great little resource that I thought I'd share. So if you want to get started in an open source project and you are, but you don't know where to start, like you know you want to, but you're not sure, like well, how do I find a project that I might be interested in? around technologies that I, I know or am want, you know, that I want to learn, you know, how do I find that? Right. So it's called up for grabs and uh, the URL is up dash four dash grabs.net. And this is a resource for finding open source projects that are out there on GitHub that are looking for, you know, that, that have open uh, issues that they're looking for developers to help, fix and work on and that's really nice it was uh matt it's dot matt on uh on twitter but it matt's lay maybe um that's who we met and it was really cool having a conversation with him at, at atlanta cocap that was it was neat hey i recognize that voice huh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so my tip of the week is it actually harkens back to episode 31 where we talked about promises so here lately, I've been messing around at night with some Node.js and MongoDB and some other things. And one of the things that I found that I really liked and I wanted to mess with was promises in Node. So one of the frustrating things is if you go look at Node, like one of the things that they, they talk about or you'll hear people talking about callback hell, right? Where it's just this nest of, of callbacks. Well, one of the cool parts is I think one of the frameworks we might have mentioned about promises was called Bluebird. You can actually get that for Node, and they have this promise promiseify all method where you can point it at an existing library like the MongoDB uh, native driver, and you can say promiseify all this thing, and then basically it'll turn the entire library into where you can use it as a promise. So you can say basically whatever their methods were previously, like uh, the MongoDB client, one of them is connect. Well, all you have to do is add capital async at the end. So you can say connect async, and then you can use the dot then to use promises. And I've thought that was really cool. So that's kind of what I've been doing is playing with playing with that server side with Node. And I promiseified the uh, MongoDB 
connectivity, and it's pretty awesome. So if I could put that in my own words, promise all the things. That was that episode, wasn't it? Yes. No, wait, was it? No. I think it was. Might have no. been. No. But yes, you can promise all the things. Promiseify all. It's fantastic. It, it's pretty cool. And so really what it buys you, though, is now you can make sure everything that you call is non-blocking. It, it takes a little bit of extra code to do it, and I'm probably going to put together an article on it because I had a hard time coming up with some of the using stuff um, because Bluebird suggests some ways to do it, but they weren't clear in their documentation. Uh, so I'll probably put a little something together on that in case anybody's interested. But that is my tip. Yeah, and so with that, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of our uh, Toys for Developers. And you know, as we said before, please do be sure to leave us a, a review on iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite podcast ag- aggregator if you haven't already. And uh, you know, also, we'd greatly appreciate it if you would tell a friend or two about the show. Yep, and contact us with any questions or topics. And leave your name and preferred method of shout out on, uh, you know, whether it be Twitter or whatever. And we'll mention you on the podcast. And visit us at codingblocks.net where you can find our show notes, examples, discussions, and more. And send your feedback, questions, and rants to comments at codingblocks.net. And go ahead. (laughs) And uh, follow us on Twitter and uh, check out our Facebook page. Yeah. And one last thing. Again, if you guys want to be entered for the contest to win one of the pre-worn (laughs) t-shirts, go to www.codingblocks.net slash episode 34. We will make sure that in the show notes at the very top of the show notes that we put a link so that if you're on your phone or something, you don't have to go type it because I hate typing on phones. So you'll be able to slide over to your show notes and just click the link and go directly to the website. Um, But yeah, we'd definitely love to hear from you and we'd love to give you one of these shirts. Vintage shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. We'll we'll have more coming soon. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Well, we should also mention too, just along the lines of full disclosure, I just remember too, uh, these shirts may look, you know, when he says vintage, that's the way they're made. Oh, yeah, yeah, the way they're kind of distressed looking. Yes, distressed. (laughs) There's the good word for it. Thank you. Yeah, they're They're really talking about these shirts, guys. Yeah, man. They are beefy, though. I mean, like, seriously, if you want to stay warm, (laughs) they'll keep you warm. Uh, Right. (laughs) I might be entering this contest. Uh, Joe wants one of the shirts. Cool. (laughs) All right. That's a wrap.